0: But I'm going to start a new sermon series today and and I'm excited about it. This is titled Don't Give Up and uh, I'll tell you why this series came about. I actually read a book and uh, don't get surprised there, uh, but I I did read a book and and it it kind of provoked this series uh, that that I'm going to be sharing with you for probably the next four weeks or so, depending on how long God cricks my heart to do that. But as I read this book, I, I started looking for some statistics. I'm a statistical guy. I love numbers. And, and and I don't know why, because when I took statistics, Tiffany practically passed the class for me. Um, but I love looking at numbers. Uh, but this is what I found. Um, 8%, 8% of the world's population says that they actually achieve goals in life. 8%. 92% of people say they set zero goals every year zero goals um and, and this is what made me think of of this statement if the regular human being doesn't set goals then most likely if we look at the local church the local church doesn't set them either and that's a problem if you know me at all i'm a i'm a goal oriented guy like i i'm all the time striving for the church to hit a goal, And we don't hit these crazy goals. Like, I don't put things that I don't think we have any opportunity to reach. But the more that we hit a goal, the more that we get the passion and say, hey, we can do this. I, I remember just a few years, uh, just about a year ago, we started on what we called our, our giving goal. Uh, we, we noticed that we, we needed our, our giving <laughs> to go up some if we wanted to do what the Lord was calling us to do. And so we started setting goals. Did you know for 15 consecutive months straight, we have hit our giving goal at Cross Life. And it doesn't stay the same like that. That's gone up almost $1,700 in the last year. But the Lord has allowed us to do that. The Lord has allowed us to see victory in that. And it's not about that. Like We know God's going to take care of it, but that's just an example of what God has done through goal setting. I believe... That goals gives us something to strive for, something to belong for. I believe it it gives us a, a level to maybe measure the success. With half of the world's population going through some kind of mental illness in their lifetime, goals can help us achieve what we long for and keep us in a moving forward mentality. But let me ask you a question this morning. Has there been a time in your life recently, maybe in the last couple of weeks, maybe in the last couple of months, where you have just said, "I give up," did I give up? Has there has there been a time? Maybe let me l- dig a little deeper. Has there has there been a time recently in your life where you did just give up, and you said, "I can't do it anymore," no I can't do it anymore. Maybe you said a statement like this: "I quit," and if it works out, then fine. I'm coaching a middle school baseball team. You don't know how many times that I've just said I could walk away and not go back. But I look at the impact and say, it's going to be okay. So many times in in ministry, in my own personal life, and I'm going to try to share some personal walk um, uh, uh, stories with you throughout this series, but um, so many times in, in ministry, I woke up on Monday morning and I said, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And it's okay to be that way. It's okay to say that sometimes. But the problem is we focus on that and we forget to take a step. And so I want us the next four weeks or so to really take a step forward and say no matter what comes our way, no matter what obstacle may uh, form we're always going to take a step forward and at Crossside Church we believe that. Like we're always moving forward no matter how bad the week may get, no matter how bad the days may be, we're always going to wake up and say it's a new day, let's move forward. Let's, let's 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 figure it out. Hey, we we've been there the last 2 years. I can I can share and I'll share some 2 years stories with you next year, but for 2 years like there have been many times we finished an event on Saturday and I'm like, "Man, was that even worth it?" <laughs> and then the next week God shows up like he always does. And if we would just give up and lay down, we can't see what God is going to do on the other side of that. And so today, uh, I just want to say, listen, the days get hard. The the moments uh, do get difficult. But I want to encourage you today to don't don't stop, don't quit. The life that that you live has a value. And you may be walking around this morning and, and may have come to church this morning and just said the last several weeks or months or years that there's nothing good that's come out of my life there's, there's nothing good that has come out of anything that's happened to me but i'm here to proclaim to you that you have value church every life in here i believe that you have value you have worth and listen some some may not even know they're worth yet. like you don't even know why you're here you don't even know what drove you to come to church this morning but you're here and that's the main thing you may not even know why you came to cross life or what led you to cross life maybe you can remember a conversation that led you there maybe maybe it was somebody had a a personal invite uh to come to church today but i've been reminded over and over and over again the last few weeks that each family that we have no matter if this is the first time you've come or the hundredth time you've come you're a missing piece to the puzzle you're a missing piece to the puzzle And that's what has really drawn out for me since we've relocated Cross Life, is that everybody that has come into the fold, they were a missing piece to the puzzle. Have you ever got aggravated when doing a puzzle? Maybe my mom, my mom's here today, so I'm going to pick on her. She likes to do those like 5,000-piece puzzles, okay? Um, And and she works on them and works on them, and we'll come home, and I'll try to help her, and within like 10 minutes, I'm done. Like, I can't do it. I don't have the mind. But I've seen kids sit down, and they can put a puzzle together like that. But my mom is the master puzzle person. She frames them. She does all this. But, but what would aggravate the mess out of somebody that does puzzles if they get to piece 4,999 and realize that a piece is missing. Have you ever thought about that? Like, how do you know 5,000 pieces are in that puzzle? How do you know one of those pieces are not a duplicate? when you're counting those 5,000 pieces and you're going to get to the end and it's not going to be there. If I were to do a puzzle right now in my life, I think I would leave one out and say the missing piece is right here. The missing piece. And I believe that all of us are a missing piece to the puzzle sometimes. And God uses us in a greater way. What I want to do this morning is, uh, is go through... Uh, Hebrews 11. We're going to talk about Hebrews 11. I'm going to go to Genesis. I want you to turn to Genesis, though. That's where we're going to kind of hang out. But I've titled the message, The Belief. He's going to show you the way. The Belief. He will show you the way. And, and, and this is the thing, too. Like, not only the puzzles, but have you ever tried to put something together that comes in a box? Tiffany and I, last year during COVID, like during this uh, shutdown that we had, uh, we We put two things together and didn 't kill each other. One was a swing set. We put that thing together at like two a m while Riley was asleep and then we put a shed together in the backyard and i 'm telling you like directions today they must be coming from like me because I would be the one not to to be able to give you good direction, um, but the directions are terrible okay and and maybe. When we're putting these things together and there's the few piece but you have no picture, you have you have no vision of what it's going to look like, it's so easy to give up. It's so easy for us just to quit. The user guide is supposed to help us through the process, but when we open it up, we just throw it to the side and say, "Well, I'll do this. I can do this." Okay, I know what it's supposed to look like. Men were that way don't lie. Um, that's how we did that table back there is a is a fine piece of art that I put together with no direction. Um, It shows you where you are going, and it serves a purpose, okay? Uh, User guides share purposes. And so I first want to give you our first point this morning, because then I'm going to get into our passage. The puzzle doesn't piece together in the beginning. The puzzle doesn't always fit together, place together in in the beginning. And this belief thing that that I want to speak on to you about is a thing called Faith. Definition of faith is a confidence that keeps believing all of the pieces are somehow going to fit together, even when you don't have the picture to work from. It is believing that God truly does have a purpose, even when there seems to be no absolute reason that you can't make sense of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the story of Abraham this morning, and, 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 and in our family meeting in just a little while, um, I, I kind of portray Norman as Abraham a little bit. And this is what I find out in Abraham's story. It's recorded in the Old Testament. He's mentioned 75 times in the New Testament, so he must be a pretty good guy. Okay? And this is what Hebrews 11 has to say about Abraham. Verses 8 through 10, I'm going to read that to you. To be on the screen for you. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the hares with him, on the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He says, by faith, Abraham. Now turn over to your Bibles, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. We're going to start the story of of Abraham. This is really Abram at this point. Starting in verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered. And the people whom they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. And so they came to the land of Canaan, and, and Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Morah. And the Canaanites were were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and he said, "To your descendants I give you this land, and there be built an altar to the Lord who has appeared to him." And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the, on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Okay, so as we look at Genesis, okay, Genesis, first book of the Old Testament, this is when things really started happening. We can see practically Abraham's full story, okay? This is Abram. He's going to turn into Abraham. Uh, Abram's full story right here. And let me set this story for you. Abraham is, is told to leave a place he is from, been there his whole life, okay, kind of like if you grew up in this area in Salisbury or, or Spencer or, or Faith or Rockwell, any of those areas, if you've been there your whole entire life, and God told you after 30 to 35 years of you dwelling in that place that you were going to move to an unknown land, how many of you would be jumping up and down that you're getting to move? Now, if you raise your hand, I'm going to start questioning why you're here, um, None of us would really jump up and down. It's like, it's like when God called me to plant the church. Ask Tiffany. We were in Grundy. I didn't start jumping up and down like, yes, yes, Lord, I get to move again. Like, it's not fun. It's not fun getting called out, especially getting called out and knowing what you're about to be up against. Hey, Tiffany and I were moving to an unknown land. Uh, unknown land. It sounds like we're way out here or something. Uh, We're going to North Carolina back to where I'm originally from, just not Salisbury. I remember going through Salisbury as a kid and there was nothing here. Absolutely nothing here. Maybe a McDonald's, maybe a Hardee's, but nothing. It's really grown up now. And I remember God saying, you're going to the middle part of the state. And that's all he told me. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know what a, what a church name was going to be. Somehow we ended up with Cross Life. Um, all of that story's another day. But the, but the thing was, we 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 went okay. And and, and I, I, I ask myself this question a lot: Like, what if I wouldn't have went? Where would I be today? What would I be doing? Would I still be serving where I was serving? Would I be miserable? And I've never questioned that step. Now, there was a lot of times throughout the last two years that I've questioned some things like, God, what are you doing? Uh, where sh- you, you brought me out here to rot. Like, I literally felt like that guy on, Fortnite on a on a, a parachute getting dropped off in this unknown land, and it was just me and my family. Like, that's what I felt like in the beginning. This was Abraham, okay? Th- this was the same thing with Abraham. God's telling him to go. God's telling him to go out, but he has no idea... Where he's about to go. He has no idea what's about to take place. Okay, so so we've really got to put ourselves into shoes. God doesn't reveal a destination. But think about it. Would you go if you were in his shoes? Like, would you be jumping up and down? Would you be excited if God told you to go away from home, not tell you where you were going? Would you be able to do it? And that's what I call a dangerous faith, a dangerous calling. This this is a, a lot like following God. In in the ministry setting, but it's also like following God in the church setting. Like we don't know what's gonna take place next Sunday morning. Okay, I I I go to sleep on Saturday night anticipating and excited about what God is gonna do on Sunday, but I have no idea what's about to take place. I, I don't know if, if 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 the if the praise team's gonna get sick overnight. I, I don't know if 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 I'm gonna be sick overnight. Like I have no idea. Like we just go with, with what we feel God is calling us to do, and we come in to worship this risen God on Sunday morning, expecting and anticipating great things to take place. Abraham and his wife Sarah, they, they lived in this place called Haran, and, which is a modern-day um, uh, border of what is now Turkey and, and Syria. Okay? This, is, this is now Turkey and Syria. They're, they're comfortable living where they're living. It's a, a safe place. They know the way of life there. They have family there. They have a plan for their life. And it is where they live. Like, that, that's their plan. It's not some other place God's saying to go. And God is like, I'm sending you out. I'm not telling you a place. I'm just going to tell you to take a walk. Take a walk and go. Here's the thing, though. God's big picture is a whole different landscape. And it is not always pretty okay it's a lot of strange pieces that have yet to come together most of the time and the plan of God requires faith and it requires obedience you see the puzzle doesn't always fit together in the beginning the puzzle for Abraham's life and Sarah's life was not fitting together at this point but what does faith look like for Abraham was well, more than just leaving what he knows. It's about moving to a place he doesn't know, where the destination may be. Imagine just for a moment, though. Imagine the courage that it required to, to 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 just do that. Can you imagine the conversations that he would have? <laughs> uh, Tiff Tiff knows a little bit about uh, growing up as a uh, a pastor's kid and and then being a missionary's kid, and we we thank God that her parents are home now and. Um, we 're we're thankful for the time they had in South Africa, but it was tough it, it, it was tough uh, being the husband in that like literally two maybe two or three weeks after we started dating her parents call and say we 're going to South Africa, and there they are walking into church doors like wow that 's crazy um, yeah. Wow, now I'm speechless. Uh, I've got my mom here and now my in-laws here. This is <laughs> this is a weird day. <laughs> um, this is really weird. Um, but growing up, you know, as a pastor's kid, and as a missionary's kid, wh- whatever it is, the typically thing would, would, would be, well, the Lord is speaking. He wants us to move, so let's take up our family and move. Okay, now I remember when we moved to Roxborough, North Carolina, where my mom still lives. My dad's been 23 years, right? 22 years. 22 years. Um, been, been pastoring this church in Roxborough and I was excited at that point But I had two other brothers who were not excited at that point like all Peter was worried about like we got to have a two-story house Andrew's like I've got a life here okay? And, and it's always mixed emotions, right? Like when God calls us out. It's always a mixed emotion We never know what God is going to do and the Lord speaking He wants us to move and then the wife may respond seriously like we're doing it again Like now we got to pack up the boxes now. We got to do this and that was Sarah Sarah had no idea what they were about to be up against. They've never had a move before. They've never had to worry about those things. But he's just confirming what has already been the calling for Abraham. Where are we going? (laughs) I don't even know. What do you mean you don't know? He just said we're going. That would be in Abraham's shoes. Anyway, maybe during modern day times, a U-Haul will be here Friday to pick us up. No. why would we just go if we don't know where we are going? And this is what Abraham would respond. Because we believe God. Do you believe God this morning? Do you believe what God is doing in your life is worth it in the end? I'm telling you, don't give up this morning. Okay, You don't see the picture yet. God knows the picture. He's got the master puzzle for you. But the problem is, we don't ever get to the master puzzle because we always quit before we get that step in. Think about this, though. Abraham doesn't have Sunday school to go for for education. He, he had no sermons to hear at this time. It was only the beginning. There were no hymns to hear about the victory in Jesus or anything like that. He really had no idea what amazing grace even meant. He had no knowledge of God whatsoever other than when he felt God speaking to him. He was part of a pagan family. Okay? And Abraham's father was known as an idol worshiper. All of the influences we have today to keep us on track in the Christian life and even all the influences that are going on that that don't keep us on track today help us form belief that Abraham did not necessarily have. But I love it because we see the sincerity in Abraham. God gives Abraham a huge ask here, a huge statement. He says, pack up everything you own and start walking. Pack up everything you've got. I'll tell you when to stop. And I love Genesis 12, 4. The Bible says, so Abram went. It doesn't say he went with hesitation. It doesn't say that he had to wait four weeks before he responded. He he didn't send an email saying, I'll let you know, I'll pray about it. He got up and he went. Because he had faith that God was going to move him forward even when things didn't make sense. He doesn't just quit on the puzzle because he gets frustrated. Because he couldn't see the full picture. Abraham had planned this low-risk future where he could just kick up his feet, relax, living like dad did, maybe his grandparents, no demands whatsoever. But this thing we call faith doesn't make things easy. And if we're doing it right, especially as a church planner, if we're doing it right, faith will always send us somewhere. Are we following God in a way that it requires faith? And if we're not, then we're in trouble. Because it's always a faith journey. Do I do anything at all in my life that requires courage and confidence? Is there anything maybe in the last couple of weeks, maybe the last couple of months, that you had to have courage and confidence to move forward? Not knowing what it may be because it does take courage and confidence to have a story behind the recent things that have happened in your life the kind of thing that happened to abraham happens often in the bible there's always a story behind it in hebrews 11 that list of hall of famers all all had a story behind them in the passage of scripture they wouldn't be there if it wasn't let's not talk about how much faith we have let's talk about the stories behind that faith it should be a story of not backing down, not giving up, not putting the puzzle all the way together or away when things get difficult. Number two this morning, second thing I'd like us to see, the directions don't always make sense. The directions don't always make sense. If you've, if you've ever put anything together by Ikea, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the directions don't always make sense. Hey, I remember putting that shed together. It wasn't Ikea furniture. It was a craftsman or something. But it was terrible instructions like, like, <laughs> they know all about it. They on the same <laughs> shed we did. Um, but it's terrible. But but you make it through, okay? Like, you, you, it requires a little perseverance, but you make it through. This is the same way with Abraham. Hey, the puzzle doesn't fit together. It doesn't always make sense. But in Genesis 15, I want to read verses 1 through 5 to you. There's been some time passed here. Actually, a, a lot of time has passed. And this is the story as it goes that Abraham uh, and and, and Genesis 15, 1 through 5. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram, Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the hair of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. My father-in-law killed me on that one later. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my hair. And behold... The word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your hair, but one you will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Abraham and, and Sarah here, still Abram at this point, they, they still didn't have any children. It was one of those prayers that they had prayed for a long time. Never happened. God, God told him, hey, you're going to have kids. Still hasn't happened. Remember the details of things that Abraham thinks God is a, is a little sketchy maybe at this point. But he has been very clear on the children part. He's like, look, I promise you. I promise you we'll have children. I promise you. And that's what Abraham's kind of telling Sarah throughout their whole marriage. Like, we're going to have a kid. I promise you. God has told me we're going to have a kid and month after month after month. Year after year after year. It hasn't happened. And now they're getting older. hey. Now, now they're kind of past the childbearing age. And all of a sudden, God says, I promise, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. If you can count the stars, you're able to number them. You know, maybe at this point, Sarah's looking at Abraham like, maybe you heard God wrong. You ever been there before? <laughs> maybe, maybe you heard God wrong. God is the God of direction. He doesn't mess up directions. He doesn't mess it up. But in Abraham and Sarah's eyes, there's a little problem. They're old. And what you would call the barren couple. Hebrews 11 says that Sarah is past the childbearing age. And that Abraham <laughs> was pretty much, a, and this is this is my words, as good as dead. Hey, anybody ever had a kid good as, as good as dead? Like, anybody want to be as good as dead? I don't even know what that means. Hey, I'm not claiming to be a doctor, but good as is dead isn't a very good picture, right? doesn't seem to be a great father qualification. They've tried month after month, year after year, no results. Here's the hard truth. though so at some point, enough of nothing just causes us to lose hope for some kind of something. And from that beginning, God's promise has not made much sense to them. But in verse 6 of Genesis 15, we read that Abram believed the Lord. And this was it says. he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. The only thing that allowed him to believe was that word faith. Nothing else. And in most cases, when the puzzle goes back in the bag and sits on the shelf for two or three years, you think about all the times that you try to put it together. And it just didn't make sense. In Romans 4, we can see an explanation behind the stubborn faith that allowed him to keep going and not give up. Romans 4, verses 18 through 21, the Bible says, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so, y'all, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. leads us to our third and last point this morning. The outcome will always be a measure of faith. The outcome will always be a measure of faith. When all hope seems lost, When all hope seems lost in your life, remember what got you to where you are at today. If you're a believer today, I want you to understand. Remember that day that Jesus Christ pierced and pricked your heart to give your life to him. I know days can get hard, and I know many of you right now, I don't even know what some of you are going through. Some of you I met for the very first time today. I don't even know what you're going through. But when you're going through it, remember whose you are. And maybe today you come and you're not a believer. Maybe maybe you've come to, to worship this morning because somebody invited you. We praise God for that person that invited you, by the way. Because we believe your life can be changed. And it's a belief thing. It's a faith thing. Understanding and knowing that the God that we worship, we we just sing a song, how great is our God. He is such a good God. And no matter what I battle through and what I go through in my own heart, I know He is what got me to where I am today. And without Him, the Bible says I would be completely nothing. When all hope was lost, Abraham did not give up. Abraham showed a level of faith I don't know about you, but I want it in my life. He showed a faith that I I think we all would want to go after. But maybe today you have showed some faith like that at some point in your life too. Sometimes faith does heal. Sometimes faith does... Pay the bills. Sometimes it gives us something precious, the strength to get through today when there is no healing inside or when you aren't sure how the the bills are going to get paid. Sometimes faith is that person on their knees in the waiting room praying for that person they love who is in surgery for that tumor that is going to be removed, only for the doctor to come back in the room to say, We don't know what happened, but there was no tumor and we don't have to do surgery now. She's healed. Sometimes faith is when you're having you're you're going to the cemetery to see that loved one for the last time. Sometimes Faith is that young teenager who decides that he wants to start a Bible study in his school. Even when mockery may come, he uses his faith. Sometimes faith is leading by your convictions when everyone else is telling you just to sign it off. Don't worry about it. Look, if that would have been the case, Cross Life Church wouldn't have been planted because when we told people we were called to plant a church, they said, don't do it. You're messing up your life. You're going in a a direction that you don't need to go. You're not going to have finances. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have anywhere to live. You don't know anybody. But guess what? By faith, we did what God called us to do. And I want to encourage you today, by faith, do what God has called you to do. And if that means we send 25 people out they go plant somewhere else. Praise God for it. If that means we send 20 people out to go share the gospel in this community and 50 get saved, praise God for it. Just do what God is calling you to do. Because the problem is we go with the flow a lot of times and we say, well, this doesn't fit right now. It's not the right time. Look, God's time doesn't mess up. The church calendar can be erased. Okay? Th- those are just dates that have been set but we want to lead by the Holy Spirit and lead by those convictions. Later on in Genesis, in chapter 22, we see Abraham's faith put into an action. Abraham and Sarah finally had a a child at this point. God delivered his promise to them. And remember, Abraham is this man that was as good as dead, okay? Uh, We just read it in Romans. He's as good as dead. He's now a father, but now Abram, or God will call Abraham, to take this step of faith. You see, Abraham had this son named Isaac. And in Genesis 22, we read that Abraham was going to take his son Isaac on top of this mountain to pretty much kill his kid. That's, that, was, that was the plan. Okay, that, That's what God was pretty much saying, you're going to do this. And Abraham had the faith to keep walking, to keep stepping, even though he knew when he went down from that mountain, his son may not be with him. He still did it. But this is, this is what Genesis 22, 1 and 2 says. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Like, I don't know about you, but that would be a hard sentence to swallow. You no, know, like, take Riley. Riley. Take Riley on top of this mountain. Like, my heart would be heavy. I would cry all the way up there. Like, God, I need a miracle. I need something. And Abraham had some kind of faith. Okay, After all of that, Abraham was told by God to kill his son, the son that he had been waiting for. The the son that that they had prayed for, that they had waited for. And in verse 3, we see a very quick response by Abraham once again. The Bible does not say he waited. The Bible does not say he waited a certain amount of time. It's early the next morning. He slept this off early the next morning. Abraham got up and took his son on top of the mountain. And in verse 5, we see the faith of Abraham. He tells the ones who's climbed this mountain with him, we are going to worship and then we'll come back down to you. (laughs) We'll worship on top of this mountain, and when we're finished, we're going to both come back down to you. You see how he said we? A level of faith. He doesn't say, ah, meaning he knows what's at stake. His faith in God here shows out, and he believes that God is going to spare his son. Listen, when things don't seem to go as planned, And everything else is falling apart. We have a stance. God is able to make it work. God is able to make it work. He is able to bring life to the dead, church. He's able to do that. Abraham's hope and trust in God had no bounds. It's all about the belief in the God that we say we believe in and we worship. And he won't call you to it if he's not going to call you through it. I've heard that my whole life. I've heard that my whole life. But I think the main thing some of us may be missing today is the belief thing. Do we really believe God? Do we really believe in God today? Has there been a time, has there been a place that you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart? Because if so, then it's time to start walking by faith. But if you haven't, in just a few moments you're going to have that opportunity for Jesus Christ to save you. I don't know about you, Cross Life, but he isn't just going to call us here and not see us through things. Sure, there there may be things that happen along the way. Things may be difficult. But all in all, God will use his people to accomplish the plan that he wants. And I think about it a lot like, God, I don't I don't know the plan. <laughs> they were doing the parking lot this week. Doesn't the parking lot look good, by the way? Like, praise, praise the Lord for that. Um... But as they were doing, I was looking out at this field, and I was like, God, what? what is your plan? Like, you, you've you blessed us. What's your vision? What's your plan? Will we have the faith to see that through? Abraham's puzzle was getting more and more complete as he went. You see, the story of Abraham took place a, a few thousand years before the birth of Christ, and, and now we live a few thousand years on the other side of Christ's birth. But yet the picture still may not be complete for us. The puzzle is still having to be put together, and there's still puzzle pieces out there that God has yet to put together. And there's still puzzle pieces that, that God has yet to put together here at Cross Life, and we know that. We're praying about that. And, and I don't know why, why God hasn't sent some of the areas, but it's His time, not ours. But all I can say is I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. And I'm patiently waiting for God to show up and lead us in the next direction. Your story is one of those pieces to the puzzle, and we we just have to keep believing it. We have to keep believing it. Kyle Eidelman says this, if you're feeling disappointed and disillusioned, keep believing. If you're confused and wondering if you somehow missed God's plan, keep believing. If you had done things your own way and only made things worse, then keep believing there is a picture. You can't see it now, but up there in a the cloud, there's an incredible view. The picture is worth fitting into, and it's worth coming together piece by piece. You are going to like it, and that's the promise. What are you putting your faith into today, church? Are we putting our faith into all the world standards that they want us to follow? Are we putting it into standards that God wants us to follow? Are we putting our faith in someone else or are we putting it in God? Are we believing in what others are trying to say to us is the direction for our life or are we looking for God's direction for our life in the church? Are, are we waiting for the right conditions before we give our life to Jesus or is it time right now to give our lives fully to Jesus and work out that puzzle piece later? There's no more perfect time to do that today. Are you the missing piece to the puzzle? During this invitational time, I'll go ahead and get the praise team to come up. During this invitational time, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've never met Him personally, we want to show you right here how we can do that. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. If you want to come use this altar for prayer, please, please do so. Please do so. Don't leave this place without knowing. What puzzle piece is missing in your life? And if it's God, we can help you find that in the directions what will happen, I promise. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you right now, and God, I I pray for for our people here at Cross Life. I pray for those that that aren't even here. Lord, I, I thank you for the opportunity just to proclaim your word. Lord, let us be like Abraham, who had so much faith, God. When things got difficult, when things didn't seem to make sense, he kept going and he put his foot in front of each other. Lord, I pray that we would do just that. Lord, I pray that we would have a faith that only you could provide. Lord, I I do pray today if there's somebody that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life, maybe a child, maybe an adult, that they would step out today wanting to give their life to You. Lord, it's a belief thing. We've got, to, we've got to believe in You. It's a faith thing as we walk this life together. Lord, thank You for the blessings that You have sent through people here at Cross Life Church over the last few years. But God, right now, just have Your will, have Your way with this invitational time. We give You all glory and praise for it all. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.